Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest installment of 10 Minutes on Brand. I'm Will Strawn, Chief Growth Officer here at Focus Lab. In this latest installment, I had the pleasure of speaking with Natalie Kent, Design Director here at Focus Lab, about the concept of de-branding. It's a step that a lot of established brands are taking right now to make their brand more scalable or more memorable. With that, let's go ahead and jump over to our conversation. All right, Natalie, I'm really excited to talk to you today, especially around the concept of de-branding. Uh, I've been seeing it pop up a good bit on LinkedIn and a few other places of late. Uh, so would you mind kind of starting us off explaining uh, the concept of de-branding? Yeah, so for me, I know there's several different definitions out there. For me, de-branding means we're removing the stylized or complex elements of a logo into a more simplified version. So that can mean removing the name such as Nike in the 90s or Starbucks in 2011, or more recently going more simplified like Warner Brothers. Um, it's simplifying down some of those complex maybe details and gradients um, into a more kind of flattened version of the mark. Wow, that was really well said. Um, I'm, so <laughs> I'm curious though, why do you think so many brands or I guess, the brands that we're seeing this happen with most often are kind of household brand names, right? Like you mentioned Starbucks. Um, why do you think so many household brands are refreshing their brand in this way? I would say there's two primary reasons why they're refreshing their brand this way. So the first one would be their de the de-branding process allows these bigger household names and their brands to be applied more effectively in the general communications marketplace that we're in today. So when we think about how a brand, how a logo was displayed in the 90s, um, or even in like web 2.0 versus moving into web 3.0, um, something how a logo appears on print versus in an app or a favicon, the needs are gonna be different. So although it's still scalable because of the you know, new inventions like web and the internet and apps, that's requiring brands to be able to scale differently, to need to be more flexible. And so sometimes that means that, yeah, the market needs to be able to scale down really small. And so when you have these stylized elements that don't scale incredibly well, they have to find a better solution that way. The second one I would say is de-branding allows brands to be more omnipotent when it comes to things like their sub-brands, their products, and it allows them more flexibility for how the brand is going to be expressed. Um, it allows them to not just be limited by the style that is set by their primary logo, um, but instead allows for more creative expression. Um, I especially think about companies like Dropbox or Airbnb, or even again, Warner Brothers, where they have all types of media um, and all types of expressions and communications that they're trying to work through that their brand will live in. And so this allows their brand to just be more, again, omnipotent in that way, and they can have different flexibility and not be limited to just the style that's set in their mark. Gotcha. So with by de-branding, creating a more simple identity, it also gives them more clarity on how they could operate with scaling their brand across sub-brands and everything as they scale. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about it like that. Um, uh, this is probably the side that I see most often on social media is, is people debating if this is a trend, which I think it's really easy for a lot of people on social media to say everything is a trend 
or Prince kind of come around full circle. But do you think this debranding movement is a trend or do you think it is kind of here to stay? I think about it as like the principles of a successful logo will will never go out of style. Mm -hmm. Being distinct, being memorable, simple and scalable, like those properties will never change in how we judge a good logo. But again, like scalable in the 70s means something different than what scalable will mean in 2050. There's just going to be new technologies, new ways of application that we have to think about and how brands, again, how how they can be expressed and be flexible and be simple enough um, to have broader reach. That will also change. So to some degree, yes, I do feel like, you know, especially the little black dress type logos um, in fashion, if everyone's starting to adopt this and they're all looking the same, that's one thing. Um, but I also think the timelessness of, again, like the Warner Brothers mark or the Starbucks mark, um, where it still has something that's very distinct and unique to those brands that no other brand could have, I don't think that will go away. And in fact, I think some of these brands, it makes it a more timeless mark for them by debranding. Gotcha. So by debranding, it allows them to be more scalable. Um, but as long as they can create differentiation between themselves and their competitors, it would stand the test of time. So that kind of removes the trend aspect out of the equation. Absolutely. Like, especially for brands where, um, you know, again, Starbucks, they have so much equity already built behind their brand and makes it more unique to them. No one else can mm-hmm. take that versus maybe like a Balmain or a Calvin Klein or Burberry where they're all starting to look the same and the style is all the same. And it's not telling you what's different about each of those different brands. Yeah. I think the, the aspect of debranding that I resonate with, which I'll pull on that Starbucks example, cause that's one that's, I remember when it happened, when they removed their name Starbucks and they went just to their, uh, what is it? A mermaid? I don't even know what it is. Uh, when they just went to their iconic mermaid image, a lot of people were like, why would you do that? Why would you remove your name? But now that you're, we're years and years past it, that image is more iconic. It's it's just synonymous with the name. It's kind of like you didn't need the name to tell the full story of what their brand is trying to communicate. Even to my children, they know what that mermaid is. They know that it's Starbucks. And my youngest child can't even read, but she knows it is Starbucks. <laughs> so I think that is, I mean, even if we look at a company like uh, Disney, you know, just the outline of Mickey Mouse, even though that's not their brand mark, but on the most simplified version of that symbol, you know, the outline of Mickey Mouse, it, that, so many people around the world know what that is, but I guess it also allows them to, allows a brand to travel cross borders uh, much easier as well, right? If you're not dependent on, uh, having a logo with a bunch of crazy different details, you know, the, the make it bigger, you know, of the nineties, make those logos gigantic. Um, those days have are long gone now at this point. Yeah. I think about, um, you know, when we're debranding by removing the name, I think about how Nike, I think this was maybe in the nineties, Nike had their name attached to the swoosh um, now they don't. They kind of debranded by taking the name off. And if you ask the majority of people, it, does Nike have their name on the outside of their stores? Most people would say yes. But in fact, it's just the swoosh. Um, and that just shows, again, like how much you can have that name recognition tied to something that doesn't even have letters in it. And that's the power of um, a great logo. Oh, man. well, I guess I'm gonna have to go drive, drive by a few stores this weekend and see who pops up. You know, I guess... 
if you're able to create that level of brand awareness, the shorter you can deliver your message, probably the more impactful. So if your brand has the ability to have a standalone, simplified mark, it's probably what a lot of brands would desire to have, would you say? Yeah. I mean, like, again, you were talking about your daughter being able to recognize a logo before they can even read. I mean, that's incredible. And that's something that a lot of these household name brands can do that a startup or a smaller company with less recognition cannot. They need that name recognition sometimes early on. But whereas these bigger household names can shed kind of the the style or the name because they do have that recognition already. I think this kind of connects to a way that we approach some of our our clients' brands, right? It's it's pretty rare that we get a, it's pretty rare we work with a, a brand that's been established over a variety of decades that is in a de-branding situation. But I think one thing that is common that I see you and the rest of the design team here constantly iterating with on our clients is trying to convey a story as simple as we can, where days are kind of past where everyone wants to say everything in their logo, right? Because often when you try to do that, it just is a huge mess and it's it's scary. So even the way that I've seen you all approach our clients is simplicity is always um, uh, an ideal kind of box we like to check. So you do get that kind of almost debranded effect, even though it ends in a debrand, it's just simplicity. So maybe it's almost these established brands that are trying to you know, catch up with the more modern brands that haven't inherited decades of identity baggage as well. Yeah, that's true. That's a great point. Um, you know, they've been through... Some of these brands, Coca-Cola, you know, it's a hand-drawn mark from like the 1800s. And then, you know, you move through and there's like print techniques and screen, screen printing through to the 90s when like Microsoft PowerPoint was a thing. And everyone was just amazed by the new styles that PowerPoint could have to show, you know, type and text. Um, so that's kind of why like, yeah, a lot of these brands, especially these bigger, more heritage household name brands, they they naturally do have to move through these different eras of design and eras of how we communicate. Um, again, like now having to reckon with the fact that you have to have a favicon on your website and your logo, whatever the mark is, has to scale down. Um, the NFL recently came up against that where they, you know, very heritage brand, like in very stylized mark that they had, they, they were going through that same challenge and debranding was also a strategy for them to make sure that they could stay relevant even as a heritage sport, you know, team. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Well, Natalie, we are up against our 10 minutes. Those are, that is kind of the guardrails that we're limited to here. I appreciate your time. Uh, this was a fascinating conversation and um, I guess we'll wait and see who debrands next, but I hope you have an awesome day. Thanks. Well, bye.